have your Bibles, let's go back to Joshua chapter 1, verse 5 again. And last week we continued in our series Connected by looking at this verse in Joshua and how God is talking to Joshua, the new leader of Israel. Think about being a new leader. And he's letting him know about the promises that he has for them. And in verse 5, God says this to Joshua, As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Now again, if you're Joshua, those words are, are something to get pretty excited about because God did some amazing things through Moses. And if you're a newly appointed leader of Israel, man, that's great news. And yet, God wasn't wanting Joshua to try to be Moses. He said, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will be with you in the same way that I was with Moses, but you are not Moses. See, Joshua, just like all of us, had to discover his own uniqueness in order to accomplish his own unique purpose. Because you and I, individually, we have our own unique purpose. And, and what we discovered about our lives as children of God is that we are all uniquely the same. And again, I know that may sound like an oxymoron because unique means it's one of a kind and the same means it's just like all of the rest. But as children of God, we all have the same DNA of our Heavenly Father inside of us. We are all qualified to be blessed by God because of what Jesus did on the cross. But each of us has a unique call upon our lives. We're gifted at different things. So that's why I'm saying as followers of Christ, we're all uniquely the same. So God said to Joshua the same thing that he's saying to each one of us today, as I was with Moses, so I shall be with you. But while God will be with us just like he was with Moses, he will not do with us what he did with Moses. God wants us to be who he created us to be. See, the promise is not a duplicate copy. It's a unique promise given by the same God. So we keep the promise of his presence, but we have to be willing to let go of what has happened before or what it is that we actually had in mind. Because the only thing that will be the same is that I will be with you just like I was with them. I will be with you like I was the person who inspired you. Maybe the person who mentored you, who, who discipled you, and, and maybe really poured into your life, but you are not to try to be them. So God is saying this to all of us that we're all uniquely the same. Again, as I was with Moses, so I shall be with you. But again, God's telling Joshua, don't try to be Moses. Joshua, just be yourself. Some of you need to hear that today. You just need to be yourself. And Joshua, if you'll, Joshua, if you'll be who you are, I'll be who I am in your life. So again, the promise in Joshua chapter 1, verse 5, as I was with Moses, so I will sh shall be with you. And it continues on, and God says, and I will not leave you nor forsake you. So God carries on the promise to Joshua. He carries on the promise to us, and he says, I will not leave you nor forsake you, meaning you're not going to ever be out there by yourself. And I know some of you during this time have felt out there by yourself, but God's saying you're not ever going to be out there by yourself. And when we read that passage, I will not leave you nor forsake you, it can be a bit confusing because it seems like God is saying the same thing twice. But when you study it out, to leave somebody is to remove your presence from them, but to forsake them is to actually emotionally abandon them. 
See, you can forsake somebody that you didn't leave. That's a whole message in and of itself. You can emotionally abandon someone that you still come home to. But God says that I won't leave you. I won't withdraw my presence from you, nor will I forsake you by emotionally abandoning you. You see, our view or our perception of God is often skewed by the authority figures that are in our lives. The, the thing, authority figures that were in our lives when we were growing up, like, like a father. There are some of you who were abandoned by a father or an authority figure in your life. And perhaps when they left, they blamed someone. Perhaps they blamed you. Other fathers didn't leave, but because of disappointments in their lives, they emotionally checked out and emotionally forsook everyone. But God's promise to us, and aren't you so thankful today for God's promises? God's promise to us is that he would not leave us nor forsake us. He doesn't withdraw his presence from us. He doesn't emotionally abandon us because God desires you to succeed. He wants you to be a success, so he won't leave you or forsake you. And that's why he says, I will not leave you nor forsake you. He won't emotionally abandon you just because you missed the mark. Listen, he's, he's not, miss, because you missed the mark, he's not going to leave you just because you failed or think that you've disappointed him too much. Because listen, if you, to disappoint God, you would actually have to miss an appointment. Listen, and God already knows every one of your future behaviors. There isn't anything that you could ever do that is going to surprise God. There's, there's not anything you could do. He already knows about everything that you're going to do in the future. He, he, in fact, in spite of the fact that he knows the mistakes that you're going to make this coming week, he's already decided to bless you. And if you'll learn how to keep your heart focused on him because, oh, it's so easy to focus on ourselves and what we did wrong and think God's abandoning us. But if you'll keep your heart focused on him or if you'll turn your heart back to him when you fail and you repent, which just simply means to change your mind. God will take everything that the enemy meant for evil and he will use it to shape your unique destiny. And he will make every one of us uniquely the same. You see, we often open the door to doubt when we begin questioning God about the path that we're walking on. That we're looking around and maybe others haven't had to walk on the same path that we're walking on. And if we're not careful, we can look around and begin to wonder, God, why am I the only one dealing with this? Most of the time, you're not. Most of the time, other people are too. But we wonder, God, why am I the only one dealing with this? Have, have you left me? Have you forsaken me? And others don't have to walk on your path to get to their destiny. Let me say that again. Others don't have to walk on your path to get to their destiny. Though the same God is with each child, each child has a different path. They have to walk on the path that God has placed before them to get to their destiny, to get to their promised land. Here's what I hope today as you're listening to this message. Can we become so established in the goodness of God that we can actually trust him with the path that we're on? To know from his word that he has promised to never leave us nor forsake us? See, because that promise that God gives to you for your promised land is that every place you set your feet, he's given you the land. And though your battle may be different from other people's battle in their life, you're already victorious because Christ has already fought and won. And the promise we see from God in his word is that no one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. 
Now, you may be sitting there as you're listening to this going, Pastor Richie, I really want to believe this. I want, I want to receive this so bad, but how do I do that? It, it really is pretty simple and yet very challenging. It's by living the Christian life of faith. Not feeling, but of faith. A confident expectation of good. Knowing that God wants to do good things in your life. By placing your faith and your trust in Jesus. Not in what you see, not in what you feel, to become confident in God's word, to become confident in God's character. That's faith. It's when I know in my knower that God's word is going to happen even before the physical evidence of his word actually shows up. It's where the thing is so settled in my heart that I already know beyond any shadow of a doubt that what God says will happen is actually going to happen. Let me, let me show you what I mean. Hey, can you come up here real fast? Um, hey, I want you to take my phone out real fast. Would you, would you mind just typing your phone number in there for me? Okay, so this is your number? Yes. Now, I, I thought your number was 555-1212. Five, 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 one, two, one, two. No. Are, are you sure? I'm sure. Because I'm pretty sure. You, you typed that in there pretty fast like you were pretty confident. I thought your number was 555-1212. Five, 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 one, two, one, two. No. Are you, you're positive? I'm Okay, thank you, Pastor Stephanie. Listen, that's what faith is. Listen, they spent so much time seeing their number, calling their number, giving their number out to other people, that it's settled in their heart. That's what their number actually is. They aren't going to be shaken from it because they know it in their knower. Even when I tried to bring doubt into her life, even when it's not culturally popular, l- l- let me step out in faith and say this, because before confidence is actually established, you have to act upon what you know. Because you see, right now, I have a choice. I, I could sit there all day and say, I don't, I don't really know if this number is actually true, because I've tried calling people before. And, and when I called this number, I ended up getting the bank instead of the number I asked for from that cute girl. Welcome to today's dating scene, right? So because of that, it can create fear in my life. So I say, I don't think it's actually going to work. Or I can step out in faith and choose to believe and act upon what I know to do and make the call and end up making a connection. See, your level of faith is revealed by the revelation of the confidence you have in, first of all, in God's love for you, and second, in the promises that he has for you in his word. See, The way you see Jesus, in fact, they're going to throw this up on the screen. The way you see Jesus, the revelation that you have of him will not affect God's acceptance of you. Watch this. But it will affect your acceptance of what God has for you and how you receive from him. Guys, if you'd leave that up there for just a minute for you to write that down. The promise that God gives to us is that his presence will be with us and that he won't leave us or forsake us. And no matter where you set your feet, no matter where you walk or where you go, up hills or down into valleys, in times when things are a little bit lean, in times of plenty, in times when you feel great, in times when you don't feel so great, all of those times, God says, I will not leave you nor forsake you. Now listen, people may leave you, friends may leave you, and every destiny step you're taking towards your promised land, God says, I will not leave you nor forsake you. God has promised to be with you every step of the way to your destiny. But the promise, and here's the key, centers around his presence. That's the promise that he's made, that his presence would be with us every step of the way. 
But it's his presence that is the promise, not the car, not the mansion, not the million dollars. It's God's presence. That is his promise. Listen, those blessings are just tangible evidence of his goodness. But his presence is worth so much more than the car. It's worth so much more than the mansion or the million dollars. His presence is with us. But we still have to go through the process. I wish we didn't. I wish it was just easy, but we still have to go through the process to get to the next level to continue to walk in our promised land. Now listen, some people don't want to go to the next level because when they hear things like new levels, new devils, it scares them from actually wanting to try to grow. But listen, the pressure that you dealt with when you were in elementary school, you remember that? The, the pressure that you felt, you know, whether, whether it was dealing with math or something, it felt as real to you then as the pressure that you're dealing with today. The things that you have to deal with now. So what happened? You matured through the process. So today when you're dealing with math, like addition numbers, those problems don't pressure you at all. You're not freaked out at two plus two is what, 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 four. So his presence is with us, but his presence does not abort the process. So we're talking about the, his promise of presence through the process, P, P, P. His presence is with us, but we still need to be developed. His presence is with us, but we still need to be trained and equipped and, and grow to our full stature. His presence is with us, but we still have some rough edges to be rubbed off of us, rough edges that can keep us from or hinder us in our destiny. So God puts us in the process to prune us. In fact, here's what he says in John chapter 15, that every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. He puts us in this process so that we can go through what was necessary to be tough enough to stand where it is that he's actually taking us to. The process develops you. The process trains you and equips you. The process develops persistence and tenacity. Here at Amarillo Fellowship, it's one of our values that we call pernacity. It's a persistent and a tenaciousness. The the process prunes your heart. It burns out all the wrong motives that you had when you started. It's through the process of the wilderness that everything that is not of faith dies in the wilderness and is buried. And it's through the process that you go through the fire that refines you and purifies you into the pure and precious metal that God wants you to be. It's through the process of the wilderness that kills the unbelief in you. In fact, once you turn to someone, if they're there in the living room with you right now, and tell someone, hey man, I'm just going through the process. Because we're in this COVID-19 time in our lives right now, we're just going through the process. We are in the process, but his presence is in the process. Even when they throw you into the fiery furnace, he'll be there with you. When you pass through the waters, he'll be there with you. When you go through the flood, he will be there with you. Just listen, it will not overtake you. God's presence is with you, especially as you go through the process. Let, let, me, let me illustrate it to you like this. I, I know this morning you really enjoyed the worship, but listen, God's presence is with the worship team even when they were practicing their scales, when they were learning new songs, when they were rehearsing, waiting to play. God's presence was with them. Now, most people don't either know that or they don't recognize that. They only recognize God's presence in the worship service, or they only recognize God's presence when we do a night of worship and not actually in the rehearsal. But listen, God is with you during the slow, mundane, 
routine, dry, ordinary days of your life. In fact, you're going to have more ordinary days than you do spectacular days. And just so you know, the process can be boring. Playing scales is boring. In fact, I, I took piano when I was younger, and I can tell you that scales are boring, but my mother made me practice the scales, and scales are nothing like playing. They're nothing like the recital. In, in, in fact, Kathy, would you mind just playing a, a scale? Would you mind playing a scale for me real quick? Can y'all just feel that right now? It, yes, isn't that, thank you, Kathy. Isn't that awesome? Listen, We'll be selling those albums online if you want to download that today. Does anybody want one? Just message us and we'll make sure that we can sell you one. Listen, it, 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 nobody, there's nobody that wants those things processed. In fact, they're probably going to come up to me and say, Pastor Richie, I'm sorry, but we didn't sell one of those scale things today at all. We, we didn't scale one of those. There isn't anybody that wants that. Listen, because process is the accumulation of boring days of things that don't seem to be moving, of things that don't seem to be changing. It's, it's things that don't seem to be getting better. When you're working with kids and you're working with, with relationships, things don't seem to be moving. Process is just routine, and sometimes it can be extremely boring. It's going to work and coming home, laying out what you're going to wear tomorrow to get up and go to work all over again. Hey, see you, sweetheart. I'm heading to work. I'll see you this evening. Kids, lunch money's on the table. It's discipline. It's the discipline of day in and day out routine. routine. It's getting up a little early before you go to work to spend time praying, to spend some time reading your Bible so that you can connect with the heart of God, so that you can set your heart towards Him and understand the inheritance that He actually has for you. It's showing back up to church once we open up. Aren't you all excited that pretty soon we're going to be all back together again? When, and, and it's showing that back up to church even when you don't feel inspired. Even when the enemy is attacking you, trying to keep you from going so that you can continue to learn how to live a life of faith and to serve and to exercise the gifts that God has actually given you to build other people in the body of Jesus Christ up. And now because you're growing in your faith, you begin to understand the unique destiny that God has created for you. You're learning that you're fearfully and wonderfully made and that the favor and the blessing of the Lord is actually upon you. And now you're becoming more proactive at work and you're showing up early, actually anticipating what it is that your boss needs even before they ask. You're beginning to work harder at the relationships of your life. You stop waiting for others to serve you and now you're actually serving them. And even though it took a while and at times you wanted to quit because it didn't seem like things were changing, didn't seem like things were moving, because you're living the life of faith, you're being more faithful to the call of God on your life. Whatever your vocational call is, if you're a teacher, construction worker, you work at a factory, whatever it is, because you're doing what you know to do. And suddenly things are beginning to change in your life. And sometimes it's just little by little, slow progress. Other times you have those, oh my goodness, aha moments, God moments where God does something extraordinary in your life. And suddenly you begin to understand that for your entire life, you've been in the process of walking in your destiny. How God has taken everything in your life, even the things the enemy meant for evil, and he's used it for your good to actually develop you. Because even when you don't see it, God manifests his presence in our lives through process. His promise to us is his presence through the process. 
That's why he's promised us in Joshua chapter 1, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. But listen, if you don't know who he is, if you don't fully understand his goodness, how loving and kind he is, you will miss him through the process. So we've got to exercise our faith by continuing to move in the direction of the promise in order to take hold of the promises that he has for our life. So how do we do that? Well, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 tells us how we do that. And since we have that same spirit of faith, you and I have the same spirit of faith that Joshua had, that Moses had. According to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also, as followers of Jesus Christ today, we believe and therefore we speak. We believe and we receive. We declare and we actually expect it. And I know some of you have started speaking it, but I got to ask you today, are you really expecting it yet? Are you expecting God to show up? We've got to speak it and expect it. That is the part of faith that is hope. A confident expectation of good. That you have that confident expectation that God is about ready to do something good. That God is about ready to do something big in your life. Listen, don't let the mountains or don't let the fear in your life start talking to you. You start talking to the mountains and you start talking to that fear in your life. And you declare God's promises over your life. And even though you may feel alone or feel forsaken, you declare with boldness what God says, that he would never leave you nor forsake you. And when, not if, when we get through this COVID-19 pandemic, if you stay connected to the heart of God, you're going to look back and recognize that God was with you every step of the way through the process. And you're going to recognize that today you're stronger than you were before. Today you're more confident than you were before because you've walked through some stuff and you know the presence of God has been with you every step of the way. 